Forgotten Flicks, episode 27, Cliffhanger. Help me! I don't want to die! You're not going to die. Oops. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Forgotten Flicks podcast. I'm Joel, and joined by, as is customary around these here parts, Jason. Hey, yo, Joel, how you doing? Hey, yo, I'm doing a lot of heat. Good evening, be, my friend. Yeah, how are you? It's going to be good. I'm going to do a whole show like this. Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, so, yes, today's show is all about the cliffhanger. The, the Cliffhanger, starring the Cliffhanger, starring the Stallone <laughs> from 1993. Yes, and uh, normally we would actually play a trailer for you for this movie. And actually, Jason, I completely neglected to tell you we don't have a trailer. You want to know why? Because why? the trailer consisted pretty much of this for like a minute and a half. It wasn't exactly that song, but something like that with absolutely no dialogue. So much to the opposite. What was the uh, trailer we talked about not that long ago? How perfect it was for uh, a yes, podcast? Give you verbal description yes. and describe which one was it? that? Yeah. I don't even it was House, it. wasn't it? Was, was that, well, House definitely. This is a house, but I, I don't know if it was House. Or it was one of the other ones. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. Point is, yeah. we've had other ones that were perfect but cliffhanger was literally one of those trailers where it was pure eye candy which kind of stinks for the ears so we aren't going to do it we aren't going to do a cliffhanger trailer (laughs) but we do have feedback um yes jason we do in fact have feedback from not one jason but two listeners our two listeners called in both of them (laughs) can i can i before we listen to the next feedback can i just can i just drop something here drop it drop it like a hot just, just, a, just an extra double uh, yeah. uh, comment and mm-hmm. thank you about JV. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, because we completely – yeah, yeah, just because by the time you're hearing this episode, obviously the House episode aired, and you got a yep. special little treat at the beginning of that one. <laughs> okay, so not only do we get the Han is a badass comments, but mm-hmm. the uh, – uh, Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> the greatest American hero song. Um, it was fin- fantastic. Yes, so it was. Just we- wanted to give another shout out to JV, even though we didn't get any uh, voicemail for this episode. Uh, yeah, classic. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. It was excellent. <laughs> excellent. And, and we actually don't reference it within the context of the show because he actually sent it right after we had finished recording. But yeah. I, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is so going in the oh, show. Oh, we got to put it in. Yeah. This is so, yes, that was uh, from that show. And also, uh, Jason, I uh, want to quick, do a quick shout-out for our boy Kevin. Absolutely. Um, Kevin, at uh, Tuning Into Sci-Fi, I um, have been listening to his podcast. He does a lot of podcasts on um, sci-fi TV shows, sci-fi movies, and he actually does a Saturday B-movie podcast on some of those now, when, do, when, do, when does that air? Can I say classic? When does that air? Um, I think it's Tuesdays. Yeah. Not sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, he, uh, he does a podcast on, um, classic sci-fi movies, mm-hmm. which are actually some of my favorites and, and by classic, very... you mean steaming pile of turd. 
<laughs> no, I mean deep fried cheese kind of oh, classic. Um, but he specifically focuses yes. on the sci-fi one. I mean the sci-fi channel. Yeah. Um, cheesy Siffy movies. So, Siffy? I love Siffy. Don't want to yes. catch. Don't want to catch Siffy. <laughs> but I like and to watch in it. his um, retro. He's yes. decided to do a couple that are not sci-fi and kind of go a little retro. He did Night of the Comet, and uh, he actually mentioned us in the podcast and. Um, uh, talked about us a little bit in our episode on Night of the Comet and our interview with Kelly Maroney. So mm-hmm. um, it's K Bashelder. Yeah. It's K B A C H E L D E R. And he does yeah. Tuning Into Sci Fi, um, is the podcast. Yeah, so I, really, I, I, I like Tuning Into Sci Fi. I have to confess, I haven't listened to the Saturday uh, B cast or B, is it B movie? Mm-hmm. Be, yeah, yes. Yeah, I have not. Movie. I have not. I have downloaded it. So you know, I'm counting for your stats, Kevin. <laughs> Look at me. Um, I've not listened to it yet, mainly because I realize Jason gets so much enjoyment out of it. It's so facto. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. So, <laughs> hey, let me tell you, uh, Swamp Swamp Shark. Yes. Phenomenal episode. Swamp Shark versus Scritosaurus. Is that the? <laughs> no, just Swamp Shark. Oh, okay. That was it. I really would like um, to start writing scripts for Siffy, and I'm going to write like Scritosaurus. <laughs> And her Maphroditestine and... You know, I just found out today. What? They're putting out a movie. Oh, God. Three Musketeers. But it's parkour, kung fu in China. Actually, <laughs> you know what? I actually would want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounds appealing to me. <laughs> okay. And it's the same people. It's the... Um, what's the name of the studios that does anchor films? Um, yeah, is doing it. So, Anchor Bay, Anchor Bay. I mean, is Anchor is Bay? It? No, yeah. no, Asylum. Yeah. Is it Asylum that does the the poop smears that they call movies on on Siffy? <laughs> Maybe it's Asylum. I'm getting a mix. I didn't pull yeah. it up. I have no yeah. notes on it. I'm yeah, you would know better than I. But Anchor Bay, I actually know, and Anchor Bay tends to. I mean, they do like some you know, obscure sort of out there stuff, but they don't usually put out that that i'm aware of yeah maybe okay so on that note um jason we will now go into our feedback now our first one is from a guy named julio this is julio's first time calling in so we really appreciate that julio julio actually called in a few times and i had to edit them all together to kind of streamline the whole thing you know because if we're not about anything around here we're about efficiency efficiency and time management on the forgotten flicks podcast that and it (laughs) takes every ounce of effort to make sure the sucker doesn't run much longer than it already does. So, that being said, um, and my boy Julio dropped the F-bomb. Now, I'm certainly no Puritan or prude, but we do try to keep this in that PG-13 realm, which I guess you could argue based on MPAA standards. You could drop an F-bomb or two. Or in the case of Titanic, you know a movie that was the most expensive movie of all time and had full frontal nudity, uh, like four different F-bombs and frozen babies floating in the uh, Atlantic. Um, <laughs> somehow managed to eat out a Beach Thirteen, which I'm sure had nothing to do with politics. It had nothing to do with a couple major studios pushing the MPA to make sure it didn't get an R. I'm sure it had nothing to do oh, with that. Oh, no way. But no, we no, really no shouldn't use Titanic. No, we should not <laughs> use that as our standard because we're really about the yeah. class here on the Forgotten Flicks podcast. And a little later, we're going to do a little bit, We, I mean, um, sorry, segment, that we'd like to call IMDb Theater, where we were going to quote from some very classic pictures. And that yeah, might require boy. quite a bit of beeping. Let's just put it that way. So, uh, so actually, Julio, don't sweat your F-bomb. I actually ended up having to cut it a bit because, like I said, to kind of push it all together. And then we will uh, follow up Julio's feedback by the great Peter, who at the end calls me out and i have a retort so first up who are you 
Hey guys, my name is Julio, and I recently discovered your podcast slash website. We're sorry. And I love it. I've been going through <laughs> all your episodes at work, and I got to say, you guys did a great job. And I'm just calling to say, you know, you guys did a good job, but also I have some recommendations for you guys. Like, I know you guys do mostly uh, movies that, you know, you may have heard of and forgotten about. Thus, forgotten, you know, flicks, podcast slash website. But I would really love to hear you guys uh, review some more obscure movies, like uh, I don't know, like Jibkata or something like that. But you know, people don't have access to those. But there are some really great movies on Netflix that you can review and talk about, and you know, people can stream them. Like, uh, for instance, Spider Baby is really great. Manitou. And, of course, Return of the Living Dead. Those would be really great. And also, you guys have to do a Nick Cage movie soon. I don't know. Maybe something like Wild of Heart would be spectacular. But I really, really think that a Bowfinger episode would be really great for you guys. Because Bowfinger was really, really great. And it's, it totally fits in um, you know, with, with the style of the podcast. And, you know, you could wrap up the six recommendations of sort of like, you know, showbiz movies. And also, um, I heard you guys mention at one point uh, Fear of a Black Hat. I think it was in the um, Tell Us From the Hood episode. I really like that one. And, of course, Fear of the Black Hat is just fantastic. It's, but, yeah, keep up the great work. Love the podcast. And thanks. Bye. Hey guys, it's Peter. Uh, I just want to do what Kevin did and call in about the movie on the actual night that you're recording it. Well, not not I think you're recording it now, but yeah, never mind. Anyway, uh, Cliffhanger. Uh, I assume you mean the 1993 vehicle with uh, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, if you don't, this could be kind of embarrassing. Anyway, uh, I'm a big Sylvester Stallone fan, except for... Rhinestone, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Oscar was okay, but the other two was just... Uh, no, we're not even going to talk about those. Uh, yes, Cliffhanger, are. I saw that in the <laughs> theater. Uh, liked it then, like it now. I, uh, since you mentioned it on the last Starfighter podcast, I watched it two nights ago, and I still like it. John Lithgow is, is a guy you just want to beat to a bloody red snow cone, right? So um, uh, that's it. I just wanted to call in on a, on a, on a night one instead of afterwards. And this is a bit incoherent because it's been a long day and I'm tired and I need more coffee. So uh, have fun, guys. See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, and uh, wait, one more thing. Uh, so I'm a, a tough-looking guy. Hey, Joel. Well, if you look at my uh, profile pic on uh, on uh, Facebook right now, you might want to change that opinion. Okay, have fun. Bye. Okay. Let me just say, yes, we said you were a tough-looking guy, Peter. Nice, sweet, <laughs> peaceful Peter, who also said he wanted to potentially, or 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 that we might want to potentially beat John Lithgow's character. <laughs> Bloody snow cone. Bloody snow cone. But no, Peter. Tough. Nah. Nope. Sure, you make Jason pee a little. 
<laughs> but that's okay. He's kind Yo, of- and his Facebook picture is uh, him with swim goggles yeah. on and a big grin on his face. And I think we you, got to him a little bit. Still scary, and, so, <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I think we got to him a little bit. And I think he's like, "Oh man, I gotta, I gotta soften the image." And so he put the goggles on. Yeah. It's okay, Peter. You can still be the president of the Scandinavian branch of the Forgotten Flicks fan club. Oh, so. uh, wow. Isn't that kind of a presumptive? presumptive? <laughs> it's okay. And Jason still looks like he's maybe maybe one DNA molecule removed from the chimpanzee family. With, so it's all good. I was going to say Cro-Magnon, man. Okay, but, you know, well, yeah, whatever, whatever. And, uh, you know... I look like um, that dude Steve from Jerry Springer. Well, not like him, but I sort of look like his marginally challenged younger brother. And not quite as good looking. Not even. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and back to Julio yes, for just a moment. Back to Julio. Uh, word of warning to <laughs> you should know better than this. Yes. Uh, yeah, don't listen to us at work. Yeah, really. Come on, people. <laughs> I am not going to be held responsible for what happens. <laughs> Yes. Please do not send complaint letters from your boss. Yeah. Or from, <laughs> or from the unemployment line. Yeah. And not because. But thanks, yeah. thanks for the podcast or for the, for the feedback anyway. Yes, we it was actually it was really good. I actually had some good ones there. I love that he actually brought up Jim Kata and that Jim Kata, which I love to say, Jim Kata, and, <laughs> you know, he is corrected, is not available on Netflix. Come on, Netflix. Oh, yeah. We're going to break it up to where, you know, you pay for two different services because we're really trying to push everybody off of the discs so we don't have to mail the darn things out. Oh, yeah, except we're not going to make every movie uh, available streaming. Oh, and there'll be complete titles that you can't even get either way. Like Jamata, but because I mean, who doesn't carry a martial arts movie where the guy wears tights and does springboard action and on the rings? That movie is just all kinds of awesome. (laughs) So yes, we appreciate everybody for their awesome feedback. That was fan flipping tastic. And now we're going to jump into Cliffhanger Land. But before we do, those that are new to the show. We would like to let you know this is a spoilery section. Excuse me. Excuse me. Spoiler alert, please. Oh, yes. I, I spent like seven and a half minutes. Hours? Seven and a half minutes creating that. Wow, that is phenomenal. Kudos, my friend. Kudos. <laughs> Jason, 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 that was Jason's first time hearing the nerds. I was kind of trying to figure out if we should time it. Like, I should just let you start talking, and then I could just hit it real quick. But I was like, ah, no, screw it. I'll set it up. Future reference, I, and it's it's like thirty seconds long, so I will not be playing that every single time. There's a potential spoiler coming up, so but it is a way for, to, for me to remember <laughs> that there is in fact spoiler alerts in the upcoming session yes. to warn yes, you, the fair listener. Yes, fair warning to everyone. Yes. Um, because the movies we talk about are generally twenty to thirty years old. Yeah. Uh, we do get into spoilers. We don't want you to. We don't want to ruin the movie for you. Uh, we don't want you to get upset, but. Yeah, fair warning, at least for the main movie. Oh, especially for Cliffhanger, because seriously, you'll not see any of this coming. That's <laughs> no, right, Quailin! You won't see any of it coming! I should have had that guy do it. The spoil- I was thinking of doing like different characters, just do just random, you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> I did not mean to have spoiler alerts with that woman. <laughs> okay, so, yes, <sighs> Cliffhanger, 1993. In hindsight, we should have done Demolition Man. Also came out in 93, I do believe. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we did Cliffhanger. Uh, it starts our, stars our boy, Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. It also stars the always awesome, I mean always, Michael Rooker. John, oh, yeah. John Lithgow, or Lithgow, depending on your preference, as mm-hmm. Quaylen and, <laughs> and the lovely Janine Turner, <laughs> who has aged exceptionally well. Um, and looks really, really good with short hair, which is unusual. Mm. Well, I was about to say unusual for a woman. Hate male, <laughs> <laughs> but very usual for a man. Yeah. Looks good in short hair. <laughs> yes, yes. And all you women listening that have short hair look awesome. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> You're digging. You're yes, digging. I Back know. out. Come on. Beep 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 beep. So anyway, uh, cliffhanger. I'll let Jason get into the lengthy scenario. I'll warn you, folks. This one is woohoo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't even know where to begin. Let's start with the, at the top. Rennie Harlan directed it. Rennie Harlan actually did a movie that I am a huge fan of, and all you haters out there can just step. And I'm talking, of course, of Cutthroat Island. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I am talking, <laughs> however, I am talking about Die Hard 2, Die Harder. I love Die Hard 2. I don't love it more than Die Hard, but I love it. Um, Harlan also did a movie with uh, Viggo Mortensen uh, called Prison back in the day. I think it may have been his first movie, actually, as a director. Um, I, I don't, although I don't know about that. He may have. I know he started, and I'm going to completely step on myself here because I don't have his information up. But I do believe Harlan may have done a uh, Verhoeven and started off in, let's see, he was born in, he was Finnish. So, yeah, so Finland. So I do believe his career may have started actually out in Finland, and then he kind of <clears> came over to the good old U.S. of A. and made really bad movies. <laughs> I'm not saying The Exorcist, the beginning, was bad, but oy. He also did Long Kiss Goodnight with uh, Gina Davis and Sam Jackson, which is, I think, a uh, truly forgotten flick that is an underrated classic, in my opinion. I'd have to agree. I think it was a decent Yes, it is an, decent it's remake, a very, yeah. you know, he, Oh, and to be fair, okay, he did The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. And I, I, it's not a great movie, believe me. It's not good, but I, I have a soft spot for it. Oh, oh, Mother Hubbard went to the cupboard <laughs> to get her old dog a bone. How do we're going to earn our first explicit tag, folks? We are now going to do the entire stand back of Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> <laughs> Little boy, bl- oh wait, let's not go there. All right, Mother- <laughs> yeah. Jack and Jill went up over? the hill. Rover took over. <laughs> Jack and Jill went up the hill, both with a buck and a quarter. Jill came down with two fifty. Oh, oh. <laughs> and we'll stop there. So, yeah. a Nightmare on Elm Street for the Dream Master, which actually is a decent uh, nightmare sequel, in my opinion. So he's done some movies that are not bad. It's just mm-hmm. he's also done some pretty bad stinkerinos. So, um. <laughs> Yeah, so it was directed by Harlan. Um, they did uh, most of it. Uh, you know, it was it was shot practically. I, I know they did some C, uh, not CGI. Well, I mean, it may have been a little bit for the time, but they did do a um, decent amount of uh, visual effects. Um, it, visually, I think the movie held up extremely well. Um, I'm just going to stop there. And yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Jason, would you like to just jump right into the synopsis? Because I'm, bas- well, I just want to get into yeah. the quotes. Actually, that's what I'm looking forward to for this movie. 
I'll try and I'll try and hurry this for. You. I did want to add a couple of extra comments about people in this movie. Yeah. Um, Rex Lynn, who played Agent Travers, who is in this movie, and I'll get to in a second, is You're the Quailin? Yes, exactly. He's the Department of Treasury agent. He's also from CSI Miami and um, um, a couple other good movies. He plays a very good cop. Like that's yeah. He his, always plays like a good Fed or like a yeah, like, like with a detective. slight you know that Southern accent and the yeah right. Um, and then it also has Caroline Goodall, who was in Hook. Um, oh, she did all that work wife. with the chimps. Huh? Didn't she work with the chimps? No. <laughs> Jane Goodall, you do. <laughs> Caroline Goodall. She was in uh, oh, Hook. She was also in Schindler's yeah. List. And um, she's kind of the quintessential British beauty, intellectual kind of combination. Um, oh, what? And no she love for Emma Thompson? The- what? Yeah, there you go. No. Um, And then lastly, I wanted to point out Leon. He plays one of the bad guys in this. And he was uh, also in um, Cool Runnings. He was Ah, kind of the main guy in Cool Runnings, which, of course, is a movie about the Jamaican bobsled team. Um, And, Jason, he was in Madonna's Like a Prayer video. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. He was. (laughs) Your voice can't take me there. Still. My favorite Madonna video, by the way. So really, you know. yeah, I like and Papa Don't girl, Preach. So. I told you my story of trying to pause Papa Don't Preach. No, yeah, the first few videos. I know, I, I know. I've told. You. There's somebody right now in the audience going, "Yes, we've heard the freaking story. We don't care. <laughs> oh, get on with it." Yeah. So anyway, back in the day, back back in the early day, about eighty four ish or so, maybe I guess mm-hmm. eighty four. Um, my first real taste, <laughs> pun totally intended, of uh, MTV, my cousin recorded, I believe, the three videos for me on VHS were Run DMC and Aerosmith's Walk This Way, mm-hmm. Heart, These Dreams. Oh, yeah. These dreams go on when I close my eyes. Every <laughs> second of the night. <laughs> What happened to your singing career? I don't know. It's the darndest <sighs> I can't thing. wait till the reunion. I know. It's going to be beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. What's the third one? Third Pop one. Papa Don't Preach. Papa Don't Preach. How'd you know? Weird. <laughs> With Danny Aiello. That's the reason why I liked it. No, I'm just kidding. I do remember, and this is why I thought I told you about this, but um, back in the day, you know, you try and pause the v- and the head, like it would just, it would cause it to jump a little bit. You get that yeah, line of static yeah. through it because she did this move. She was wearing like that kind of low bustier thing, and she would do this kind mm-hmm. of move where she would like, kind of, like launch her head back, and you know, and and I'm pretty confident that you saw a nip, like a like a. Whoa, uh, whoa, uh, yeah. whoa! Was there a Janet Jackson moment? There, there was a Janet Jackson moment. I always believed there was. Now, to be fair, <laughs> my t- oh, you know what the other you know what the other video was? Cause, no, this had to be a little later than that. Then maybe this was. Maybe it was 86 and they were just playing some videos. Because I guess, yeah, this, this would have been 86 or so because it also had Man Behind the Mask with Alice Cooper. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I love that song. <laughs> oh, and he's back. He's a I love man some Alice behind Cooper. the mask. <laughs> and he's out of control. He's back. Come on, sing with me, people. <laughs> he's a man behind the mask. I got my lighter and up, bro. You swallow your soul. <laughs> I actually, I actually downloaded that video and like just listened to it over and over again. Wow! Oh. Not I mean like within the last six months. Like I'm not talking about when I was 15. Okay. So anyway, nice. so yes, yeah, synopsis. Two, synopsis. Yeah, it's basically the story of Gabe, who is a uh, uh, mountain 
rescue ranger and he and his buddy Hal and uh, their friend Jesse and Frank, who's the older guy. They're all four of these rangers who do these daring mountain rescues. And the beginning of the movie starts with um, Gabe, played by Sylvester Stallone, climbing up this bare rock cliff and uh, um, his girlfriend Jesse and, f- and old guy Frank are in the helicopter and they go to rescue Hal who has taken his girlfriend up to the top of this giant rock Wait, wait, Jason, peak. make sure you, you stress his girlfriend who apparently has never been mountain climbing before <laughs> who somehow managed to get up a like 90 degree vertical face. Yes, this, this cliff that makes it look like Sylvester Stallone who can barely make it up. I mean, Gabe mm. is struggling. He's doing this hanging yeah. by one hand. Yep. He's going over these things. Get to the top, and his girlfriend's up there like, yeah, I've never been climbing before. This, this is kind of scary. And I'm thinking, how in the F did she even get there? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, apparently at the top, Hal tweaks his knee, mm-hmm. and they can't get down. So the way to get down <laughs> is to have Gabe climb up to them Yes. so that well, he yeah, can be and, the one and that hammers in a little... Hook? Yeah. Well, no, yeah. Well, he did he even hammer it in or just use that bolt gun where it was like one shot, thunk, right in? <laughs> no, no, he hammered it. Oh, that's right. He, did he hammer hammered it. this right. little hook in. The helicopter lowered this cable down that he locked, first of all. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, wait. Jason, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> he was able to, the, the, it lowered it, but why couldn't it have just lowered Gabe down to begin with? Oh, because then we would have had Stallone's <laughs> rippling muscles as he tried to lift yeah, himself up. And why couldn't they just have lowered the hook down and let. Hal hammer the little hook in because that's all he did. And then, oh. but bigger thing, yeah. they tether the helicopter to the mountain with this big hook. Yes. It land the helicopter on another peak uh-huh. parallel to it so they can crawl across the wire to the helicopter. To the helicopter. Because that helicopter would have been way, it would have been possible for the helicopter to lift them up <laughs> one at a time and lower them to the ground and or lift them up to the helicopter. Impossible in a mountain rescue helicopter. That would have been, that would have just been outside. It, it would have been incredible. It would have been impossible. Yeah, I don't think it can happen. The helicopter was just like microscopic. It couldn't have lifted another yeah. one person in there. Nope. Um, so basically, what happens is Hal, whose knee is hurt, basically hot dogs, jumps down onto the wire and he's like, Oh, it's okay, babe. You can yeah, make it. I'm going across. Good. And he climbs across. <laughs> He jumps over to the helicopter, and he and Jesse and Frank are also at the helicopter like, okay, you can do it. He's calling to his girlfriend, it's okay, babe, you can do it. So she is talking to Gabe, and Gabe's like, it's okay, you'll be hey, fine. He straps her right. in says, you'll be okay. Yeah, <laughs> be all right. Take your time. Hey, Go okay, slow. So she starts climbing across. Well, lo and behold, at one point, her buckle starts to break. Her buckle right turns into middle. Play-Doh. It does. It looks like it does because it's a... I don't know what oh, darn it. We used the Play-Doh buckle. Gosh, <laughs> dog it. So her harness slips off, and she starts to fall. She grabs the harness. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And so Hal is yelling, you can make it, baby. I'm going to hook the harness on and come get you. And and Gabe's like, there's not time. I'm going to go get her. And Hal's like, don't do it. He's you're gonna. It's too much weight. It's not. What do you say? It's not rated for two people. Yeah. It's a steel I, I cable know, lowered I, from a helicopter. It's not I rated know, for two I people. Know, he I says. know. I know what I'm doing over here. So, so Gabe comes flying out there on his little uh, hook and his strap, and he's going out there. And his I raccoon you, friend you. is hanging That's... from the cable, and he tries to grab the hand of his raccoon friend in the raccoon. Oh wait, that was a different movie. No, the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's grab and, and just as he grabs her, she's her 
she loses her grip on the strap and he's holding her just by the hand and he's like reach up and of course at this point i'd like to point out Yes. The most helpful thing when someone is in a dire situation yes. is for everybody around Just to scream, scream at the top of their yell. lungs anything they can think of. Yes, and you know what else is very helpful? For people that are trained mountain rescuers. Because you do realize that only the woman who was about to die that was, that was, in, that was present at that moment was someone who was not trained in survival and in mountain rescue. Exactly. Everybody else apparently is some kind of a ranger and or expert, including... A pilot, a seasoned yeoman in Frank, and two of the best mountaineers in the world. Yep. And they're screaming like they're all just yeah, fresh out of college. So anyway, yeah, they're all yelling and screaming, and he's like, I'm not going to let you die. And she's like, no, no. And then her glove starts to slip, and ready? Spoiler? Spoiler! Wait, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Well, I'm not playing that thing, dude. It's with you long. No, no, don't play it. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm warning. Yeah. Spoiler? Yes. She falls. <gasps> You're not going to die. Oops. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and she goes plummeting 4,000 feet to her death. And, uh, you know, Gabe is there screaming, no. And she falls. And Hal is screaming, no. And, of course, his his uh, uh, pain of losing a girlfriend only lasts, like, five seconds because it instantly turns into hatred for Gabe. So he, like, forgets his girlfriend is falling. Even before she hits the ground, he's screaming, no. And then he looks up at him, and he's like, yep. I'm going to kill you. I hate you, Gabe. Yeah, so I guess you got to move the story along quickly, whatever. So as usually like this in these mountain climber movies, <laughs> the side story is that uh, the treasury is moving three cases of $1,000 bills that aren't in circulation. That's right, Quailin. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're unusable, and no one would ever hijack them. And so oh. they're flying – this plane full of these three cases, giant cases with key card access and tracking devices full of $1,000 bills, $100 million uh, across an airplane because no one can hijack an airplane. Nope. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Nobody can hijack an airplane. So, <clears throat> of course, what happens next? Um, the Treasury agent, played by Rex Lynn, who is Agent Travers. That's right, Quailin. <laughs> he turns a uh, bad guy Shoots everybody oh, wait, on the plane. Spoiler alert! And they try and steal the money. <laughs> I love that, um, that. That no spoiler alert for the the actual like a de- decent plot twist of the movie. <laughs> um, this is like fifteen minutes in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, twenty minutes in, maybe tops. Um. So anyway, that sets up the movie because during the them trying to steal those those cases of money, they fall on the mountaintops where Gabe and Hal and uh, their friends all uh, live. They fall on the mountaintop, and basically the story is now Gabe, who has been away for a long time, mourning the loss of this girl because he dropped her, come, came back to try and get his girlfriend to come with him, and all of these bad guys plane crash on top of the mountain, and they trick Gabe and Hal into helping them and then subsequently helping them try to get the money. So the whole story is really Gabe and Hal with the bad guys and the leader of the bad guys is John Lithgow and they're trying to recover these. If you don't recover these bas- these these bags or these cases or whatever they are, we're going to kill you and then we're going to kill your friend and and they all kind of go and go through these perilous situations where uh, they might with fall off a cliff rabbits. or down an ice cave or yeah. Um, and, and it's important and, to note that this basically is Die Hard on a mountain, in a nutshell. And 
And, and and it's also important to note that the reason why Travers, the federal agent, is left alive is because he has a uh, tracking unit that has 50,000 random key code combinations, Quailin. And <laughs> and he's the only one. And I'm the only know. one that can use the pooping thing. <laughs> <coughs> so, yeah. So that's why he's still alive. So keeping that in mind, they're on a mountain or in a mountain range. Yeah, three cases fell from like I don't know how many thousands of feet in the air. Thirty thousand, maybe. Say, no, he even says at some point, let's lower the plane to fifteen thousand yeah. or twenty thousand okay, so feet. Something they're like in that. the five-digit range of, <laughs> yes. of height in the air, and they drop these three, you know, briefcases that are you know what, uh, three feet by two feet. I mean, they're pretty, yeah. st- and they're black, so they're probably mm-hmm. going to blend in. Well, I mean, I, I mean, are they hitting snow? But still, the trees and so. Plus, it's going to fall into the snow. Yeah. And, yeah. So this guy's got this tracking unit. Okay, I can accept that. My favorite part, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> is the fact that Stallone's character somehow, just because he knows the mountains so well, <laughs> can find these things uh, before uh, the uh, other uh, guys uh, with the tracking unit can. Now, wait a second. That is a That is an awesome, awesome tracking unit because for some reason, it also shows everywhere they are in 3D relief. Oh, yeah. So it's not just a GPS. It somehow shows a 3D map of the it's mountains. From exactly the future. Where it is on the mountains. It's from the future. <laughs> yeah. Can I do so, can we, yeah. can we start so doing it? It gets very tense. Yes, very tense. The dialogue hangs. proves that. Very <laughs> tense. Okay, my synopsis, uh, therefore, is done because yeah. there's some. Battle at the end. There's some tension. You don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to spoil that part for you. Yeah. But uh, so that's the synopsis. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) Good. You go ahead. You go first. No, no, please, Jason. You go first. (laughs) Can I say what I think about the movie now? Oh, please do. (laughs) I know the dialogue is trashy, and I know uh, there are some major faults, and I want to get into those. I actually really liked this movie. It was crappy. But there were some really cool moments to it. To Not quote the, least the great of which, Paris from the Remember When podcast, that's all, folks. We're closing down <laughs> no, shop. No, no, Have listen, a good it's night. Not the best movie ever. But some of the I'm scenes... going to pull a Jason and hit mute because I seem to think it's next to end <laughs> call, even though they're nowhere near each other. Excuse me. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. I'm going to. Beep, yeah, boop, no, boop, boop. You wish. <laughs> you wish. No, the scenes where uh-huh. it's actually a stuntman, because I know none of these actors got anywhere near a mountain, um, <laughs> a cliff anyway. The scenes where the stuntman is actually hanging on ropes yeah. or climbing on cliffs or some of those shots, I literally got a pit in my stomach watching some of those scenes. Now, I don't have a fear of heights. I mean, I can go up elevators and I can be on top of buildings. It doesn't bother I'll me. I'll go but- up a stepladder. I'll climb a I'll climb a mean stepladder, I'll tell you. I will get me out of and you can't stop me. Um but the the scenes where they're climbing out on some of these rappelling lines and they're climbing up those are amazing and those are really well shot. Visually uh, the movie holds up well. No. That's all no. I got. <laughs> no. I disagree with that. What? Because now listen. Oh, so let me get this straight. The one thing that I listen. I like the movie because it is a guilty pleasure. It's a crappy movie, but I enjoyed the ride of it. But so you're basically you're saying it's like a toothless, cracked out <laughs> prostitute. <laughs> sure, <laughs> if that's what you want to go with it. Um, the Come here, honey. That'll be a buck sixty-eight. <laughs> that's two fifty, please. 
Good God. (laughs) No, the scenes where they showed actual mountains and actual people on the mountains. Yeah. Wow. Actual people. Tense and scary because you could literally see thousand foot drops. Yes, you could. I watched it. I watched it on an iPad, to be fair. (laughs) That may not have been the best. But the second they switched to the scene of a close up of Spencer Stallone against the cliff, it's like. Wait a second! It just got three shades darker, and why do the rocks behind them look plaster? Oh, because um, they're on a back lot. <laughs> I think what I meant to say. Looking. No, what? Let, let, okay. The, the scenes where they were supposed to be, like when they were in the ice cave, or yes. when they're up on a cliff, and he's there with with Jesse, and he's kind of saving her, and they're up on this wall. It's like, God, that is awful. Who did they hire to paint their? Okay. Sets? Well, you might, you might, you you can knock the back lot. Yes, I'll give you that. What I meant was, is just the, the look and feel of. I mainly meant the mountain stuff, the actual real stuff. Just yes, the that, outdoor that real look, stuff. Because yes. it was real. And that's the other thing is that you know the again the problem with CGI is I think we just on a subconscious level know we can sense it's not real. You're looking at a painting. You're looking at you know ones and zeros, and you're just it doesn't translate into an. Uh, an aesthetic I, I that our brain used CGI in this. No, stuff. no, they didn't. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think it holds up yeah. so stinking well. Yeah, yeah. It was beautifully well, the shot. The real stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was beautifully the, shot. All the outdoor, all the actual out, real outdoor stuff was really beautifully shot. Yeah, it was. It was nice, and even the shots where they seemed to be, um, where the, the real actors were in a real setting, it looked really nice. The lighting was great. The color was great. It really felt cool, and the setting was neat. The storyline, meh. But when they went to those backlash shots, that. I see that as part of the director, editor, uh, uh, director of photography's job to make sure it looks as similar to outdoors as possible. But it would go from bright, sunny day to all of a sudden it feels like we're in a rainstorm. I mean, is that dark? Well, there's one of the perks of watching on an iPad because that didn't bother me as much. Uh, I think (laughs) I think what bothered me more and what made me cringe is what my ears were hearing because honestly. That dialogue was painful in parts. And you could tell because Janine Turner is a fantastic actress. Michael Rooker is a fantastic actor. John Lithgow is a fantastic... I mean, there's some great actors and actresses in this movie. And I swear, you can all but see them cringe. And Stallone is actually not a bad actor. He's done really good in some of the things he's done, obviously, with Rocky and everything. But... Man. He's good, and yeah, the, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you the dialogue. It's very bad, but I'll tell you one thing specifically. I swear to God, if John Lithgow would have said, "You bastard," one you more bastard. time, I, he said it so awful. His his British accent was spotty at best, but when he said "bastard," that was supposed to be a British accent. Yes, it sounded like he was, he was like special forces. He was in British special forces. That was his. Oh, that's story. right. Yeah, I, I was pretty much zoning out at that point. Um, <laughs> he I, said I, it like seven times, or not. That, he said it like four or five times, Boston, and it was so bad. It was wow. So hey, Jason. Jason. <laughs> Jason. Yeah. We, um, yeah, we're discussing the cliffhanger <laughs> quotes, and I got a few here, a few that are kind of doozies. Um. So Jason and I are going to do a little uh, segment we like to call IMDb Theater. Now, we have to establish Quaylen, John Lithgow, bad British accent. Gabe is Stallone. Okay. How <laughs> is played by the great Michael Rooker. Mm-hmm. And Travers, what was the guy's name? <laughs> I don't remember the actor's name. Uh, Rex, Rex Lynn. Lynn. That's it, right. Rex Lynn. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> I'll be Travers. 
Tucker and Walker, we're missing three bags. Uh, what's in them? None of your f- business. <laughs> um, now, now. No suits, socks, $100 million, the usual stuff. Okay, now now I'm going to do just Eric Quaylen trying to be deep and philosophical. Kill a few people, they call you a murderer. Kill a million, and you're a conqueror. Bastard. <laughs> now, hold on. Travers is my favorite to do, so let me find another <laughs> yes. Travers. Ah. Do the, over the radio. The, yeah, the radio yeah, yeah, I got, I got, I got yeah. it. Okay, you be Quail and I'll be Travers. <clears throat> <laughs> it's Walker. The son of a bitch is still alive, Quailin. No names. This is an open line. I don't give a damn, Eric Quailin. Okay, so it isn't the most subtle dialogue oh, know, yeah. in the world. <laughs> wait, 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 no, wait, no. Let's do the uh, get off my back part. Okay, ready? You know that one? You got that one? <laughs> I'll be Travers. You be Quaylen. <clears throat> get off my back, Quaylen. Off your back. I haven't even gotten on it yet. What the hell is that supposed to mean, Quaylen? <laughs> I wish I could quit you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, now, Gabe. Now, Gabe. In the in the finale of the film, this is mild spoiler alert because with what he says, you can kind of figure out bad things are going to happen to somebody. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yo, remember, sh- keep your arms and legs in the vehicle at all times. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't really laugh at the end like no. Elmer Fudd, but uh, no, wait, wait. Uh... My my favorite. He's in a, a big time scary fight scene yeah. with oh, yes. one of the bad guys. Can I be the bad guy, or do you want to be the bad guy? Oh yeah, this. You do Kinnett's voice, his stuff. I'll do the direction that's in the actual <laughs> clip there. Okay. No, this is just one line. There's no. Oh no, no. I'm talking about the part where he says all three things. I'll do that one then. Go ahead and do yours. Uh, okay. No, I can do that one. Hold on. Let's see. Uh, uh, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Time to kill a mountain man. It amazes me <clears throat> in this day and age <laughs> <clears throat> when a man would put money before the personal safety of himself and his. I wanted you to go to the grave knowing that I'm going to treat that right. This is the direction. Gabe suddenly grabs Kinnett by the crotch and chest and impales him on a large stalactite. (laughs) (laughs) Very specific. Grab by the crotch, grab by the chest, lift him up to the stalactite. Um, No, the better part of that is Kinnett is, you know, he's this kind of martial arty badass and he's kicking Stallone's ass. He's beating him to a bloody pulp yes. in this cave, and he's kicking him and stomping him, and he's doing this whole dialogue thing I just read, and <laughs> Stallone's on the ground. The most badass line in this entire movie, you hit like a sissy. <laughs> <laughs> As he's bleeding, spitting up blood. <laughs> you hit like a sissy. Yeah, and then we have... Follow it harder than you. <laughs> and, and we have we have Hal, uh, uh, a.k.a. Michael Rooker. If you're looking for Quaylen... Try about 4,000 feet south of here. He's supposed to be yelling. <laughs> He'll be the one wearing the helicopter. <laughs> and my last... La- well, almost, almost. You do you do quailing with the whole Travers, have you lost your mind? And I'll reply. Travers, have you lost your mind? Have I lost it? Nay, yeah, I've lost it, quailing. Pure f***ing section eight. <laughs> and scene... Beeps provided by 
sound booth. <laughs> so yes, cliffhanger. We're brilliantly scripted. Yes. Brilliantly acted. Wonderfully directed. Yes. I must say, Shakespearean Path- in its experience. Pathetically viewed. Pathetically viewed. <laughs> so we will now move on to our six picks. Jason, this week, our six picks are six movies where the dialogue may have actually been worse than the dialogue in Cliffhanger. So let's just jump right into it, Jason. What's your first Six pick? alone movies. Yeah, well, yeah I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Let's narrow all the world's movies. <laughs> so, yes, I guess I should be more specific. Six alone movies, Jason. Surprisingly, still doesn't make it that difficult. No, it really didn't. <laughs> yes. So my first, because, hey, you know, I'm here to please, the, I'm here to please our fans. Mm-hmm, and Peter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no, just because, for you, man, I got to pick Oscar. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 1991 Oscar, um, it stars Sylvester Stallone, and it is basically the story of a gangster whose father's dying wishes that he stop being a gangster and go straight. And so the shenanigans of this are Oscar trying to live a straight life, non-gangstery, no crime, no um, uh, no stuff against the law. And, and it's just kind of a uh, – what was that movie with – Johnny Dangerously. Mm-hmm. You, you were you the one that said you've never actually seen that. I beginning have to end, never right? seen that movie beginning of it. That has Michael uh, Keaton and Mike. What's that? Yes, Michael Keaton yeah, and yeah. Joe Piscopo, right? Yes, yes, that's right. Um, this is sort of in that style, and mm. that it's the gangstery, funny. Yeah, not definitely no seriousness. I'll tell you what, it's not quite as Com- comedy but. equals gangsters. Although I guess in, I guess analyze uh, analyze this was pretty funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Sequel. And Sopranos. <laughs> I laughed oh, wow. my ass off with that show. Yeah, oh, it was comedy gold. <laughs> oh, Steve Buscemi. Oh, you're so funny. Um, <laughs> so anyway, he basically, this should tell you how serious this movie is, the gangster family's last name, Provolone. <laughs> they were going to go with mozzarella, but they thought that was a little too Italian stereotypical. Too, a little too obvious. Yeah, so they went Provolone. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that John Landis? Did John Landis direct Oscar? <laughs> yes, yes, oh. it was John Landis. Yep. Uh, during um, the height of his actually, career. Yes, and it was actually a play. It was actually a stage play before it was made into a movie. And so what, I, rem- and, and what I remember about it is that it felt like one, like when you're watching it. Yes, and there are a couple movies that are like that. Like I've seen a lot of it. I mean, Evita was another one that was more recent with yeah. Madonna. It was a musical first, and there's a couple of them that the movie feels like. Um, an actual play, you know, the yeah. way they do it. But this also this also had Tim Curry, which I know we've talked about in our Clue episode. Um, of course. It also had um, uh, Ornella Moody, who plays his daughter, and uh, she's Sophia Provolone. Um, <laughs> but it's <laughs> – it could have been, you know, I don't know. It could have been something, uh, something worse. But um, anyway, there are some bad ones. And so <laughs> one of my <laughs> – one of my favorites is Tim Curry, um, who he plays Dr. Poole, Dr. Thornton Poole in this. And um, his his quote about this girl, Lisa, who turns out to be Snap's daughter. Um, she seems to have a nicely rounded diphthongs. And Snap says, that's what got her into this jam. Yeah, so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this one is also full of classic one-liners that just <laughs> seem so cornball it's um it's it's bad so but yes. i will say not by a long shot 
the worst of our dialogue for Ooh, our six weeks. not even close. <laughs> and to Peter's point, it's a decent, okay movie because it wasn't meant to be taken so seriously, but there's some pretty funny ones. So anyway, Absolutely. that's my number six. So. Yes, that was a very good number six, Jason. A very <laughs> good number six. Now, mine was tougher because, well, I don't know if it's tougher than one of the one of the ones you have coming up. <laughs> but I will say that of the movies I picked of his, initially I was actually going to do Lock Up. And I was like, well, no, because I actually like Lock Up, and the, there's not really not that bad dialogue in it. And then I was going to do Tango and Cash, and I'm sorry, but it's very difficult for me to hate on an 80s Kurt Russell movie. Yeah, I can't hurt, hate on Kurt Russell now. Very, very hard. And I know yep. you'll be like, well, what about Overboard? I was like, it's sorry, can't do it, kids. Yeah. Captain Ron, it's a little easier, getting easier to do, but can't do it yet. No, no, you, you got to leave Captain Ron still alone. Yeah, you He's start getting bad. up into soldier territory, then I might be able to start making fun. But, <laughs> but That's on the downslope. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so uh, the first one I went with, I picked... I figured this is probably the least of my ones to be critical about because I actually really like the movie, but I picked mm-hmm. Demolition Man from 1993. Again, mm-hmm. the movie we probably should have done as opposed to Cliffhanger because I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Demolition Man tells the story of John Spartan, and he is a cop in the 20th century. He's like sort of the classic, you know, Stallone 80s cop. Uh, and he's going up against this psychopath named Simon Phoenix, played by the great, though tax-evading, allegedly. <laughs> or actually, was it even, was he convicted? He was convicted, right? Uh, Wesley Snipes, <laughs> um, who I actually really like Snipes. Um, I love a, a forgotten flick that I don't think a lot of people talk about anymore is Pas- Passenger 57, which has the fantastic... Always bet on black. Uh, yes, yes. Has the fa- <laughs> you ever play roulette? Always bet on black. <laughs> And the other classic line from the bad guy, um, excuse me, sir, how do you like your steak? Bloody. So, <laughs> yes, it also starred a very young and new, relatively new to the movie scene, Sandra Bullock. And this would be the movie role she had right before a little movie you might have heard of called Speed that kind of made her career blow up. So, yeah, it's got a really good ca- you know, cast beyond them. N- 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 Nigel Hawthorne and, and there's some others. Marco Brambilla uh, directed it. And uh, like I said, John Spartan is the Stallone character. He is going after uh, Simon Phoenix. Long story short, they end up cryogenically frozen. They're brought to in the year, I believe it's 2032. And society has gotten extremely politically correct. There is no more aggression. There's no more violence. There's no more crime. But you get, like, demerits if you, you know, drop a PG-rated word. It's, you know. Uh, yeah, it, it, you get these little tickets to come yeah, out of the wall. It's really annoying. <laughs> and uh, Dennis Leary is actually in it as well. He plays a leader of this kind of rebel group that's kind of perceived as this terrorist organization, mainly because... Uh, they want their freedom back and they realize, and, you know, it's sort of the whole idea that if you want freedom, you have to if you if you want complete freedom, then you have to deal to some degree with, you know, crime and miscreants and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. if you want everything to be perfect and safe and secure, well, you're probably not going to get to keep your freedom. So n- not not in the truest sense of the word. So, yeah, it, it's got some real humdingers uh, of lines throughout the movie. I almost wanted to do the uh, Edgar Friendly, which is the uh, Dennis Leary uh Rant yeah. at the end, um, which is actually not bad dialogue, but it's just like as I'm reading, I'm like, "Yes, God, Dennis, you're so my id." <laughs> but eating rat burgers, spouting the truth. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah. So most of the really bad dialogue comes courtesy of uh, Lenina Huxley, played by Sandra Bullock. And to be fair, again, it's supposed to be cheeseball kind of on person. Um, But trying to send Mr. Spartan out of her room after their sexual interlude, which I won't give away. um, (laughs) She stomps her foot and says, you are a savage creature, John Spartan. And I wish for you to leave my domicile now. (laughs) And then at one point they're going to go after Simon Phoenix. And she says, let's go blow this guy. (laughs) And he looks at John Spartan Spartan looks and goes, away. Blow this guy away. And she goes, whatever. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. yeah, So, you know, to, to be fair, you know. It is full of those. It is full of a lot of those. Yes. Uh, and, and most of them are, most of them are her lines. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, 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 you know, they're cheesy, but they're funny. So um, yeah. Demolition Man, nineteen eighty three. That was my pick. Uh, the dialogue is pretty bad, but I actually think it might be on purpose bad, and uh, and it's definitely no worse than the subsequent two movies I'm going to unfortunately tell you about. So Jason, next pick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think we're both going downhill in dialogue in this. I like Demolition Man. It was actually a decent one. I haven't seen it in the last eh, six years or so, but nothing stands out to me that I wouldn't like. I mean, I think it was pretty good. Um, so I'm going to stick with Peter's picks because he must have been reading my mind. He picked two of the movies I'm going to do for my six picks. <laughs> my number six, five, four, four pick. Four, right? Yeah, yeah. Am I doing four? That sounds yeah, right. Four. Yeah. Is uh, the Sylvester <laughs> Stallone classic. From 1992, stop, or my mom will shoot. Well, is it really <laughs> is it really a Stallone vehicle? I kind of think of it as a vehicle for his co-star, Estelle Geddes, <laughs> who was made most famous uh, uh, for Golden Girls. Yes, so, um, plays Sophia. his mom in this, and he is kind of the badass, tough guy detective. And she comes in, and she's this little, you know, four foot six. You know, skinny of a nothing who <laughs> likes guns and is just as, you know, kind of um, psycho as he is and comes in and she's going to kind of do the mom thing and fix him up and help him and, and all this. And um, it's <laughs> the lines in this are best, kind of like we talked about um, throw mama from the train. Oh, yeah. The Ann Ramsey lines yeah. were hilarious because they kind of came from a character you didn't expect them from. Yeah. Although she, I think, fit it a little bit better. Estelle Geddes didn't quite fit real well in this uh, role, but her lines were quite classic, including, his ass was grass, and I was the lawnmower. (laughs) Wow. I mean, just the title alone. I know. It's just... (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's basically this play on that she's this you know an old grandma type, but she's tough, and it um, it stars some other other people you would know. It has um, Martin Ferreira who um, was in it, and um, uh, Vin Rames plays character in this as well. So it's got a couple of names in it that are pretty big, but the movie overall is it's not that funny. The little parts with with Estelle Geddes are not as good as Anne Ramsey's stuff and Throw Mama from the Train um, in that type of character, but. You know, it is what it is, and the dialogue is atrocious. Um, so, anyway, yeah, number four, stop or my mom will shoot in 1992. Nice. Okay, so my next pick. I'm sorry in advance, people. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> sorry. I chose 1995's Assassins. Along with Stallone, this movie also starred, how do you say, the sexy 
Antonio Banderas. And the always lovely, and I'm pretty confident, is a vampire, Julianne Moore. Mainly because the woman doesn't freaking age. <laughs> and uh, it tells the story of Robert Rath, played by Stallone, who is a kind of a, an aged, you know, an aged, a, a wizened uh, <laughs> a, a hitman, a seasoned hitman, as they say. Who wants past to his get, prime. Yeah, past his prime. Who wants mm-hmm. to get out of the biz. And unfortunately, there's this young little buckaroo named Bane, played by, I would say, sexy <laughs> Antonio Banderas. <laughs> and um, basically, he wants to try and kill Stallone's character. Right. So Stallone Wrath teams up with a, uh, a hacker, computer hacker named Electra, played by the vampiric <laughs> Julianne Moore. In a nutshell, that's the movie. It really doesn't matter. The main reason why I picked this movie, honestly, folks, is because <laughs> in the quote section, and this is a lengthy one, so forgive me in advance. It's going to take a while. But this is from Electra, Julianne Moore. I'll do my best impression. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what we're going to <laughs> I'm just going to read it as is. Electra. Once upon a time, there was this little sparrow who, while flying south for the winter, froze solid and fell to the ground. And then, to make matters worse, I can't. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> you can't even get it out. I know. I can't. Hold on. Because it's so, it like starts off so serious. And then, to make matters worse, the cow crapped on him. But the manure was all warm, and it defrosted him. So there he is. He's warm, and he's happy to be alive, and he starts to sing. A hungry cat comes along, and he clears off the manure. And he looks at the little bird, and then he eats him. And the moral of the story is this. Everyone who craps on you is not necessarily your enemy. And everyone who gets you out of crap is not necessarily your friend. And if you're warm and happy wherever you are, you should just keep your big mouth shut. Brava, <laughs> Electra. Brava. <laughs> and that's a total ripoff because I have heard that story for I don't I've, decades. I, it doesn't matter whether it's a ripoff or not. It's it sounds idiotic. <laughs> Actually, I think that was one of the first chain emails I got. Did you back really? In the... Oh my god! I never even heard it uh, in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So so okay. And then one last line from courtesy of how you say the sexy. <laughs> Antonio Banderas. <laughs> and I will do it as Antonio. <clears throat> killing a woman. It's not the same as killing a man. You have to pull the trigger in a different way. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell does that even mean? You pull, pull it forward, not backwards. I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, uh, now, and if you could explain this one to me. <clears throat> yeah. I beat you to the buyers, and now you've beat me, beat, oh, what the hell, I can't even say it. <laughs> I beat <clears throat> you to the buyers, and now you've beat me to the mark. Well, no, I screwed it up again. <laughs> I beat you to the buyers, and now I've beat you to the mark. I'm sorry, but I think I picked the wrong guy to be my hero. Oh, okay, now I get it. Oh, <laughs> uh, because he beats yeah, he was him his hero. Yeah, I get it. Wow. What? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so they were anyway, Assassins, 1995. Yeah, be sure to check that one out quickly. 
<laughs> Jason, next pick. Okay, so my final pick is one that this is a this is a big one. All right. So imagine if I came to you and said, I want to make a movie, and here's who I've got lined up to be in it. Ready? Mm-hmm. How'd you say the sexy Antonio Banderas, mm-hmm. Ricardo Montalban, mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone, mm-hmm. Salma Hayek, mm-hmm. Cheech Marin, mm-hmm. Tony Shalhoub. Why did I get excited about Cheech Marin and not Salma Hayek? <laughs> I don't know. Steve Buscemi. Yo. Bill Paxson. Yeah. George Clooney. Good Lord. Elijah Wood. Good Lord. I'm even going to throw in Selena Gomez. Yo. Yeah. And Mike Judge. You think that's going to be one of the baddest movies you've ever seen, right? Right? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Spy Kids 3D <laughs> Game Over from 2003. Too bad it wasn't. Seriously, out. how many big fat zeros did they have to write to get these people to appear in this <laughs> movie? <laughs> Sadly, I've seen this movie way more than I want to uh, admit because my kids have watched it a million times. Yeah, I love how he blames his kids. Yeah, my kids. Mm -hmm. I think they've seen it once. Um, It's basically the awful story of the Spy Kids, which isn't in itself the first one wasn't for as a kids movie wasn't horrible, but they have to go inside a video game to rescue their friends and stop this evil video game called Game Over from taking over the world. And the mastermind behind this evil video game, the one who has set upon this terrible plague of 3D gaming, is the toy maker, played by Sylvester Stallone. (laughs) (laughs) Really must have needed a payment for the Lamborghini on this one because (laughs) he plays the toy maker and he's got these alter egos, including an alter ego of himself is kind of this dictator character and this other one that's more of a softy and it, it's this really bad layover CGI where the three of them are together and one of my favorites is I don't mind talking to myself but when you guys start to cut me out of the conversation that's when I get a little strange <laughs> wow yeah and it's full of one liners like I mean the spot on one liners like I'm taking this to the next level. Oh, because it's a game. Get it? Yes. And sorry, Junie, but it's in my programming. And uh. oh, wait, did, did, wait, wait. Tell me, tell me at the very end. Oh, spoiler alert! God, I hope <laughs> I don't ruin the movie. And I actually have never seen this movie. I couldn't do it. I started it. I was like, I because I saw the first two. I was like, I can't do this. I can't. I can't sit through this. I didn't have kids yet. There's no excuse. I can't watch this movie. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, Take just, a guess. What happens at the end? I'm just going to guess. What does the toy maker say at the very end? Game over. Yes. Wow. <laughs> How could I have possibly guessed that? I am, I'm yeah. a genius. I'm a freaking genius. Okay, so anyway. Uh, great so pick, Jay. It, yes, game, uh, Spy Kids 3D Game Over. Great pick. Uh, Great. 2003. Oh, please. And the number one pick. I can't wait for this one. Yeah, well, originally, I was going to go with Rhinestone. Mm Mm-hmm. Originally, I was going to go with Rhinestone. And we would have completed Peter's trifecta. Yes, we would have. Sorry, Pete. (laughs) I went with Judge Dredd. Oh. Because, honestly, folks, Judge Dredd is absolutely... Awful. So you thought I was going to say dreadful, but I totally <laughs> played against expectations and said awful. Yeah, it came out in 1995, and I wish it had stayed there. It unfortunately oh. did not. It has continued on. And uh, it tells the story of a guy named Judge Dredd, played by Stallone. 
which, by the way, it's also based on a cult comic, or should mm-hmm. I say graphic novel. I don't want to offend anyone. Uh, and uh, the people who love it, love the original source material, apparently were a little peeved with the casting choice of Stallone. And um, a little peeved about his sidekick, Rob Schneider. I mean, I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, he was totally serious. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. So, yeah. So, Rob Schneider, um, your boy Stallone is Judge Dredd, Diane Lane, let me just say it, kids, and another vampire. And, uh, yeah, it's, oh, oh, and, of course, Armand Asante plays mm-hmm. Judge uh, Rico. And long story short, it's in the future. The world sucks, and these judges are sort of the judge, jury, and executioner. So, depending on the crime someone commits, they're totally within the law to, you know, met out any uh, necessary justice. And okay. as the movie progresses, you know, Stallone's character believes one hundred percent in the law. The law can never be wrong. Well, he's accused of a crime he didn't commit. <laughs> Oopsie, irony. And nothing can go wrong with that plan. Oh what are you no, of course not. So he ends up in the prison system and has to, you know, get free to prove his innocence. And we've never seen this movie before, people. <laughs> never. And on paper, and like you watch the trailer, you're like, okay, yeah, it's cheeseball in the same way Demolition Man is going to be cheeseball, but it's going to be entertaining, right? No, seriously, it's not. No. I haven't seen this movie since. I think I gave it one other shot. I saw it when it came out at the theater, and I remember literally developing some sort of internal agony that led to some kind of bleeding. Um, <laughs> but I think I tried to give it another look see about 18 months later, and I couldn't even get through it. I was like, I, I can't take this. this. So I, it's been there a There are certain movies that the dialogue is so horrific, <laughs> it causes this sharp, stabbing pain in my ears. I just... There's certain movies. It's well, cheesy. Jason. A movie can be cheesy and corny and bad yeah. in all kinds of good and bad ways. But when the dialogue is that awful, the well, script what it is, is that yeah, awful. Yeah, well, because it's not just – what it is, it doesn't have any sense of either fun because it's like bad dialogue and like a demolition man. The character, those characters were having a blast saying that crap. Yes. Okay? But, yes. But, and it's meant to be – whereas Judge Dredd was obviously should have been over the top and kind of zany, and their dialogue was campy. Like, but they didn't know it was. Right. So they're trying to be sincere, but it doesn't play that way. <laughs> so, yeah. for instance, Judge Hershey, that's the Diane Lane character. Mm. Uh, <laughs> as her dead partner is being taken away. Damn it. I was supposed to be watching out for him. Judge Dredd. Don't blame yourself, Hershey. He made the mistake. Not you. And then she's exasperated. Wouldn't it feel good to have an emotion once in a while, huh? And then Judge Dredd says, <laughs> Emotions. There ought to be a law against them. <laughs> no. Yeah. And then, of course, my favorite. <laughs> I am the law. <laughs> that is actually the best line of yeah, the entire actually movie. The best line. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, Armand Asante plays a bad guy, Judge Rico, and he's on a killing spree. <sighs> Judge Dredd doesn't stop him, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, <laughs> that is it. My pick, Judge Dredd, 1995. Uh, Jason, any other words you'd like to say about that or our uh, feature oh, film? Oh, no, we're going to leave all those to rest. I promise we will probably never do any of those movies except Demolition Man. Yeah, Demolition Man, I definitely would want to do. Right, but the rest. And no. Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. <laughs> oh please we will probably. so uh jason we told them what the next movie 
is going to be, right? <sighs> I believe we did. You're making me watch. Oh, shit, your pile. This, I don't know. It's an ABC after school special. <laughs> it's called Stepfather <laughs> something. God, that would, have been, that would have been the best ABC after school special ever. <laughs> that didn't start. That didn't start. Um, what was her name? Melissa. What's her nuts from Little House on the Prairie? Oh, Melissa Sue Gilbert. <laughs> Yes, right. Yeah, that didn't star her. Yeah, no, we are doing the 80s classic horror flick starring Terry O'Quinn and Jill Sholin. The stepfather. And Shelly And Jill Sholin. I have that poster hanging in my cube at work, folks. And they haven't let me That's the gonads we're talking about here. Yeah. So, and and, and it's important to note, Jason has never seen it. I haven't. I have going into this cold, and I've swore, I've sworn, I will give you my honest opinion. I will not. Beef it up. I will not try Dude, and make fun of it. What sucks is you, you like actually this. you actually totally dig cliffhanger. There's not a hope in hell for stepfather. <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never know. It could be. Okay. So yeah, stepfather's next, and then after that, we're also going to get into uh, Fright Night because the remake Fright is coming out in August. Night. So we are going to be. Oh wait, aren't we doing something before Fright Night? Uh, no, after Fright Night. Are you sure? Comes our. Yes. Oh, okay. I, I, yep. I defer. I defer to the gentleman yep. in plaid. Yeah, I'm the associate to the assistant to the deputy producer. So, <laughs> deputy respect. Producer. Respect. Um, yes. Then that. after that, we're going to be doing um, some '80s toy action with Masters of the Universe. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and a movie we're going to go in openly knowing how awful it is and enjoying every freaking moment of it. Garbage fail kids. Oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We might be doing a double feature, folks. A double feature that if we can survive it, we can survive anything. <sighs> so Speaking on... of surviving, yes, I think they've had enough for tonight. I think so too. <laughs> Would you like to bust on out with the voicemail? Give us a call anytime, anywhere, from any country, as Peter has proven. Call us at area code 206-203-0491. Leave us a funny email or a voicemail. Leave us a drab voicemail. Hell, leave us a drunken voicemail. We really don't care. Give us a call anytime. All charges currently apply. Yes. <laughs> and you can also check out the website at ForgottenFlicks.com. You can also leave us uh, an email, feedback at ForgottenFlicks.com. Follow us on Twitter. I am ForgottenFlicks. That's Flicks with an X. And Jason is Flicks Sidekick. And that's also Flicks with an X. And I believe, oh, and can't forget it, iTunes. And, you know, I never mentioned it. I really need to. We also have a Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> and, really? Yeah, we do. I know. Who knew? <laughs> and occasionally, I actually remember to update it. So if you'd like to uh, show us a little love and support, go on over to the Facebook page and like it. And also, of course, uh, go to iTunes. Leave us a lovely review. We always appreciate it, um, especially when they're nice. And, you know, download the show, subscribe, whatever strikes your fancy. And if you do not have iTunes, because say you're on a Droid-type device, uh, on the website is a link to the podcast feed. So mm-hmm. whatever your podcast listening to uh, app of choice is on the droid, I don't have one, so I wouldn't know, uh, <laughs> you know, that is there for you. So anyway, without any further ado, Jason, any final words, any last words? I must say, you're a real piece of work. Yeah, I must say, you're a real piece of sh-